Well, here we are in our series on winning words, how to influence others. And today we're going to have a conversation about a timely topic. And that topic is perseverance. So thanks for being with us as we go deep into how it is you can keep on keeping on. When I decided to write a book, I detailed out what the potential chapter headings would be. And I had a sense that much of life is perseverance. So there was going to be a chapter on perseverance. What I didn't know is that perseverance was going to be one of the most fun chapters to write. Now, many of you know that have listened in before. If you know my background, I was a football coach for 35 years. And I believe for years that you know, you find out more about people when you're down by a touchdown with four minutes to go than you do if you're up three touchdowns. When you're up three touchdowns with four minutes to go, anybody can play, anybody can coach, anybody can sit in the stands and cheer. But when you're down by a touchdown with four minutes to go, you really find out about the heart and soul of your team or my team. So I'm a firm believer in this whole mindset of you've got to keep on keeping on and mental toughness and you can do it. You got to believe. So when you look at the word perseverance, let's begin with the definition. Here's what the dictionary says about perseverance. It says this, doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. So there's going to be delay. There's going to be difficulty. Two words that a lot of people do not like. We'd love to have a paved road leading us right to the door where we open the door and, oh, it's all great. The other definition is a continued effort to achieve despite difficult or adversity continued effort. Sometimes success comes only at the end of a long journey. Continued effort, one step at a time, all the while needing to believe that, you know what, we're going to get there. We're going to make it. We win in the end. The third definition is this, steady persistence in spite of obstacles, resistance, or discouragement. And I would venture to say this to you today. It is easy for you or I to become discouraged. All we have to do is hang around the wrong people for five minutes. We listen to the wrong voices. We read the wrong thing. We take in the wrong input. And all of a sudden, we put ourselves in a pity party. And like, oh, I'm discouraged. And you're like, oh, I'm not going to, I can't, I can't do this. This is too difficult. And the definition says steady persistence in spite of obstacles, in spite of resistance, or in spite of discouragement. So as much as we would like to pray against and believe against discouragement, at times discouragement shows up. Steady persistence. A couple of years ago, there was a book on the bestseller list called Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance, written by Angela Duckworth. 
And she was she's a psychologist who had spent a year as a college professor, and she did a complete study on passion and perseverance. And she summarized those two P words, passion and perseverance, into one word, grit. And she said this, grit is the combination of both perseverance and passion for long-term goals. So when I interpret what she defined there in terms of the word grit, we're not talking about something that's going to be short duration. We're talking about long-term aspirations. The bigger the prize, the more perseverance and the more passion you need to have. A long-term goal is going to take consistent effort over time. And her book is a great read. And it's all about how it is your passion and your perseverance will bring you to success. Grit, simple, four-letter word. I lived in 1977 for the first time in the college football world. And over the course of the next three years, I got to know a young man, Dirk Cruzy, who is the epitome of perseverance. Dirk Cruzy was raised in Williams, Minnesota, which is right up by the Lake of the Woods, great fishing area. But Williams, Minnesota has like 200 people. We're talking rural America. And Dirk Cruzy had a dream, and his dream was to be a college football player. And in his senior year, he was not heavily recruited, wasn't overly uh, large to play a position at college football, six foot tall on a tall day, 190 pounds, didn't really get recruited by anybody. And he sent a letter to the coaching staff at North Dakota State University. And this letter was sent the year before I got there. And in the letter, he said, I want a chance to try out. Well, College football programs, in those days at least, had budgets. They still do, but the budgets are larger now. So in that time, the coaching staff had to decide, well, how many players they could afford to bring in for fall camp to provide lodging and meals for and start fall practice. So the budget number was the number they had to go by. And the most heavily recruited players were those that got invited in for fall camp. So you know what letter Dirk Cruz he got? He got the letter indicating that he should come out when school started. So if, in fact, he was going to enroll at North Dakota State University, go ahead and enroll. When he started class, he pays his own room and board. So the football program didn't have to fund that expense. So first day of fall camp shows up his freshman year. The rest of the recruited players come walking down the hall of the athletic department. Coaches are excited to see them. And here walks this young man, not overly impressive looking guy, quiet, kind of reserved young man. None of the coaches knew him. He introduced himself, said, I'm Dirk Cruzy, and I'm from Williams or Baudette, Minnesota. And uh, I'm here and I want to try out for the team. Well, Coaches took him down to the head coach's office, Jim Wacker, and Jim met with him and 
Jim's a great guy. And he said to Dirk, well, let me check my records here. So Jim looks and sure enough, he pulls out the letter that Dirk Cruzy was sent saying, yes, you can try out, but please try out when school starts. Well, this was three weeks to a month before school was going to start. And Dirk said, yes, I know I got the letter, but I want a chance to try out with the team. I want to join the team now. And then he said, I've saved up money from my summer job to cover my meals. And I've got a camper in the back of my pickup truck. And I'm going to stay in the back of my pickup truck. All I want is a chance to start practice with the team. So after a moment, Jim said, and he felt like there's something different about this young man. So he said, Dirk, you go move into Stockbridge Hall where the rest of our players are. We'll cover your meals and you can join the team. Well, fast forward. Dirk Cruzy, over the course of four years, became a two-time All-American defensive lineman, a nose guard, and was voted the most valuable defensive player in the North Central Conference. Defensive linemen very seldom in years of college football ever get voted the most valuable defensive player. What was Dirk Cruzy about? He was about perseverance. Think about this. As a true freshman, he didn't play in any games. He practiced every day, weight room, years. And finally, in his sophomore year, he starts getting some playing time. In his junior year, he becomes an All-American. In his senior year, an All-American. To this day, people talk about Dirk Cruzy at North Coast State University. Great story in perseverance. Well, today, as we talk more about this topic, the important topic of perseverance, last ability, so to speak, and how do you hang on? How is it you just keep going? I have with me today my friend Josh Dunn, who's the owner of Premier Media. And Josh, great to have you here. Thank you, Ross. Glad to be here. Yeah. We, uh, about 13 months ago, you and I were having a conversation in preparation for a book I was working on, still am working on it, closer to finish now than 13 months ago. But in that conversation, you and I talked about your beginnings. And I've come to know you now, and the Josh Dunn I know is probably quite different than the one that we talked about 13 months ago, your beginnings. So Premier Media, talk to us about what your company does now? What's your focus, your mission, your clientele, and so on? So Premier Media, uh, we are a media company that essentially produces and publishes uh, brands and magazines that we've started. So we've started a lifestyle magazine for South Sound, a lifestyle magazine for Bellevue Eastside called 425. We additionally have created uh, business magazines and business media in both those markets as well. So we are a print, we're a digital, social, and a live event company. Uh, we're based here locally. And our mission to the core is a breath of fresh air. So whatever media we're producing, whatever content, we're in the content business, whatever content we're delivering is a breath of fresh air. In this regard, in terms of delivery, by subscription, by you, the magazines, how do people get access? 
So Access for us has multiple platforms, whether you want to go and attend one of our events, there's a ticket involved. If you want to uh, subscribe to our uh, weekly or monthly or daily e-newsletter, those are free. Our web content is free. It's not locked down. Our magazines are not free. So it's a subscription-based model or a paid model. So if you go to a local grocery store, Costco, Target, Whole Foods, you can pick up our magazines there. Your clientele, uh, who is it that wants space in your magazines? Our, our readership leans to capture the audiences of businesses that are in the travel, the hospitality, the food, beverage experience business on the consumer magazines. In business, it's finance, finance, finance. It's commercial real estate. It's professional services and some corporate travel as well. From our background, uh, I know that you are an entrepreneur. You started the company. So let's talk about this whole I've never been what you've done in terms of being entrepreneurial and creative, create a business, mm -hmm. then let the business, not let, but help the business evolve into something bigger, better, greater, significant, and so on. So tell us a little bit about the mind of an entrepreneur. Whew. The mind of an entrepreneur. For, for me personally, this mind operates on creativity it operates on ideas. I'm an idea generation person. I love great ideas and I really firmly believe they're inspirational ideas from my Abba father first and foremost. At the same time, um, I love to align myself with creatives. I really want to surround myself with creative people that can help implement some of these ideas. And uh, So team is important. Critical. Absolutely critical. I may have an idea, but I don't have the capacity to cultivate the idea into action, whether it's a live event, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a magazine, I need a team to cultivate the ideas and come together. Part of your significant role as the creator, or the, so to speak, and one of the creative ones is to let creativity also take place on the fringes with your people, correct? For sure. So enabling yeah. that mindset, so to speak, or building that culture, that we create, not just Josh creates? Right. Essentially, it's us, all of us together. Uh, there is no Josh in the front of any of this. Any of our brands, it's not about me. I don't have my own column. I'm not there preaching to the choir. It is our team. It is our leadership team that really cultivates, casts the vision, cultivates the vision, and then executes from a team perspective. Even from our freelance community, we have about 60 to 70 freelancers in our wheelhouse that from our community will foster and cultivate ideas with us. Uh, in one of our uh, upcoming sessions, we'll go deep into the whole essence of teamwork. But for today, let's get now back to the conversation we had 13 months ago, which ended up in the perseverance chapter in my book. You started out, your first venue was to create a wedding event magazine, correct? correct? Talk to us about the timing of this vision, this dream, this creative idea. It didn't necessarily end up being in the best time. Talk to us about that. Yeah, seeing how we're in a season currently may not be the best of times. I find it, uh, it, it was really um, an opportunity right now. Um, I, I look back, we started 20 years ago. I started by myself uh, the week of 9-11. 
I was given this great idea to launch a wedding and event magazine and uh, put a business plan together. I go and launch our company, me, myself, and I, the week of 9-11. Incredibly challenging times to launch a company in the middle of 9-11, yet there was so much passion and so much excitement that I was able to persevere through what the marketplace was showing. Marketplace was showing anthrax, terrorism, fear, Yet I knew there was a silver lining somewhere in the middle of all this, a, a great place for those that are in catering and in the wedding industry has a place to market and to get in front of brides and brides-to-be. So you saw an opportunity even though the clouds were getting darker or they had gotten dark. And in today's context, I mean, here we are, 2020, and our listening audience is going to be listening to this in the in the throes of the coronavirus pandemic. And how many of us currently, here we are in March, right. April's coming, think of this as opportunity. And yet I remember from the interview last spring, you talking about, so let's continue. So here we got 9-11, you're launching this brand new. So you don't really have any credibility at that point in time. You have no history. So you're selling an idea. And I remember the conversation we had about going out and you needed, I think I remember the number was 600. You needed 60, you need 60 companies to advertise with you, I think, correct? Correct. But in order to get to 60, I remember the number 600. Talk to us about that. Yeah. Um, I'm not afraid to connect with people. So certainly that was not a fear of mine. But I had to literally cast this vision. I had no product. I had no publication. I had to go into our marketplace and cast a vision on this concept of a new wedding and event magazine. I literally knocked on over 600 doors, calling on various companies trying to sell them on this concept. The great news is, Ross, we did have 50 or 60 great partners that were anchor clients that were literally the seeds and the prosperity of the beginnings of where Premier Media is today. We're you know, 20 years into it now. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of those anchor clients, uh, you know, they watched you over all these years. So we're discussing perseverance. So... Talk to us about knocking on those doors, even though you were getting a significant number of no and or well, not right now or maybe laters, and yet you kept on, you persevered. Why and how? I I have this mindset certainly of never to give up. And Winston Churchill is one of my favorite leaders of all time. Um, And certainly his motto is never give up. And I'm so confident in my idea that was a birth to me that I I knew this would work. It's just a matter of time and getting through the obstacles. It is tough. It's not easy. And I also know from a competitive standpoint that I can blow out a competitor because they're not going to persevere to the degree I'm going to persevere. And it's also a mind game. You really have to open your door every day knowing today's the day. Today's a new day. And you have to be willing to take a lot of no's. And I'm not afraid to take a no. And, And it's taken years and years and years, but you, you have to avoid to not take things personally and go back to that vision or that passion or that idea that's been crafted that no matter what, I'm going to make this idea happen and we're going to get through this. I remember 
something that's in my book that you said, and it's related exactly to that point, and that is the context of knowing that even though it was difficult, that you were going to keep on because you believe so much that you were going to make it succeed. Now, there must have been some dark hours when seeds of doubt creep in, but yet you kept on keeping on, and here we are 20 years later. So for people in, in right now, March and April of 2020, that are looking around like, which end is up? What are we going to do? Can we stay open? How many employees can we keep? All those conversations are a part of the business world right now. For sure. What encouragement do you give them in terms of that perseverance? I mean, Ross, I'm literally in the middle of this with the rest of our marketplace right now. This mindset of perseverance and being resilient, yet all around us, the markets are collapsing. Uh, the economics, the, the virus is an issue, but it's the economic outbreak that has a significant um, challenge in front of us. And we're seeing it happening today, yesterday, and then tomorrow is going to be the same way. So for me, it's a matter of surrounding myself with great minds and great wisdom that it's not just Josh leading this, but we have to persevere. We're going to capture the vision. The vision's changing. It's altering a little bit. We have to get into a pivot right now and really make some defined decisions of how we're going to be victorious on the other side. We're looking for silver linings. We're looking, where can we support our business community? How can we come alongside support and to love on them? We're a voice of business. Well, guess what? The business community needs us more now than ever. And it's hard. Um, it's very hard, but we're going to get through this. This podcast series by design is called Winning Words. What words do you find yourself using with your team, your people that are a part of what you do every day, as well as to this business community? Uh, you know, the whole essence of carefully choosing what it is we say in this climate, I would suspect even more important than normal. Yeah. What words do you find yourself speaking in your own team? Let's start there. Yeah. I mean, internally, it's about building confidence. Uh, they're in fear. Let's be honest. I'm in fear, but I'm obviously trying to keep that at bay. But there's a lot of unknowns right now. And I know our teammates and our business community, there's a lot of fear and a lot of unknowns. But it's all about we need each other together more than ever. And we're, it, we're, it really is helping define what our mission is, is we are a breath of fresh air. That is more relevant now than ever before. And which is so necessary Ooh, right now. For sure. Yeah. Literally, we need encouragement. We need positive. We need confidence. I need someone to give me just a breath of encouragement, a breath of fresh air, whether you're a business owner or whether you're in the restaurant space or whether you're a reader to our consumer magazine with your kiddos at home, you need some encouragement. We will get through this. It's hard. We also will be leaner, fitter, stronger, and this resilience will come out of us like never before. Silver lining. Correct. Right now, we can't identify exactly what the silver lining is going to be, but I think you've identified some of those possibilities. The other statement that you made, and I believe this is so true, you know, we talk about words, and the reason I wrote the book is the power of the right words, the right time to the right person, said by the right person. But in that context, the statement you made is we have to be careful to know which voice we're listening to. You know, studies show that we talk to ourselves more than others talk to us. Sure. 
So you made that statement that we have to be careful which voice we're listening to. Talk to our audience about that. Well, I, th- I agree. I, the, the, the noise in our head is very loud and we have to have filters in place that we can navigate those, those thoughts, um, the dialogue that goes on. For me, that it helps to get it out. If it stays in my head, it, it can get very cloudy quick. And I know there's, there's destruction in the middle of the brain here, but for me, getting it out, having a round table of leaders that I can talk about it, having a leadership team to talk about it, having a band of brothers to talk about it, having my wife to talk about it. We've taken more walks in the last three or four days, and we're walkers, but we've taken a lot of walks just to help navigate the noise and which voices do we listen to. With technology and the amount of input that we're all consuming right now, which voice can I trust? Which voice can I depend on? Which voice can I pivot on? Which voice do I say, eh, that's, I'm not going to accept that right now. The other statement that you made relative to, you know, you talk about Winston Churchill, never, never, never give up. And in that uh, realm, so much of life that you indicated is keeping, people will not go past the point where it's too tough. They'll stop too soon. So how do you get people just to keep on keeping on, so to speak? Too many people stop just short of realizing their goal. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, Just being around business for the last 20 years and seeing so many sadly fail, and they're on the verge of something significant. They're on the verge of greatness. And I don't know what determines exactly, from my perspective, to be average or to be great. But there is a, like, is it a thousand more hours they had to put in? Maybe they had 9,000 hours and that thousand more hours was greatness. I don't know where that tipping point is for success. But unfortunately, most people give up too soon. It gets too hard. It's challenging. I look at situations like we're in now in our economy. It's hard. It's going to be hard. But if we lose sight of where we're going, if we lose sight of the prize, if we lose sight of the vision, if we lose sight of the product that we're creating, it's easy to give up fairly quick. And you have to be careful. Who are you surrounding yourself with? You have to be very careful to surround yourself with those that are encouraging. Also truth tellers, ones that can help you be wise in your decisions. But you just have to avoid the naysayers that are really um, unclear where you're going. And even yourself, we have those thoughts that can really be destructive. I'm reminded uh, frequently of God's provision for the church. And it's so applicable to the world. In that, he describes the spiritual gifts that he gives to men and women. And those spiritual gifts include the gift of discernment, the gift of prophecy, the gift of wisdom, the gift of encouragement. And not one of us necessarily gets all those, but I think your point of collectively who is in your inner circle, who is it that's speaking life into you? At the same time, sometimes you need someone to speak realism into you. For sure. That's, yeah. that, that, that's, can look at data, for example, and say, be cautious here, be mindful, be prayerful, use good discernment as compared to. So the point is the people around you are so, so important. As we, as we, uh, 
wrap this up relative to perseverance. And I appreciate you taking the time to come in and, and be a part of this. Is there a person that you've looked at in your life and you say, you know, that I admire that person so much and they persevered. And that's part of the reason that you flash back. Yes, this is the person I've got in mind. Who would that be for you? Um, it, it's fairly easy. And that was my grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been actively involved in my inner circle, my head, my board, so to speak, since the day I started the company. He's a business guy and he has had the chance to see the highs and lows of business and has been um, through challenges. At the same time, he has been there already and I have not. And I need people in my life that have gone down the road that I can tap into for wisdom. And my grandfather has been an incredible um, inspiration. It's not always easy. There's many, many meetings that I've had where he's pressed on me hard because I didn't know my numbers well enough or my uh, I had income and expense problem. Um, he's just so full of wisdom. I just need to spend 10 minutes with him and I instantly feel encouraged. And I would complain about, we're not making money right now. And he'd, he'd be like, it's simple. You have an income or an expense problem, figure it out. It's simple. And he's so simple in his delivery and there's no emotion involved. It's just simple that um, he has by far been a huge part of my um, inner circle and part of the success and, and one that I definitely lean into often. Yeah. When I began this podcast series, I knew there was going to be a chapter on perseverance. And because of the fact that you weighed in a year ago to help me with the book, what I didn't know when we started the podcast series was it was going to, the chapter in this session on perseverance would fall exactly now. Wow. God's timing. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. None (laughs) of us would have predicted this uh, pandemic by any means. Exactly. Nor would we have predicted the, the implications of it far beyond what any of us thought three weeks ago, two weeks ago. So here we are. And, and, but I just want to say thank you very much. My sense is you're going to make it. And my sense is we're going to make it. But I do really believe that what you've said to people today, Josh, is the real deal. You've got to find the right people to come around you, so to speak. If you're you're listening today and you're faced with difficult decisions, as my friend Jerry Corman would say, do not do business alone. Surround yourself with the right people and continue to weigh in and lean in on those people and help them make similar decisions quite likely, but at the same time, listen and be mindful of what it is. So I just want to say thanks so very much for who you are in this community, the excitement you bring to this community, because the positive side of what Premier Media does is awesome. You bring life to this community and the greater Seattle Tacoma area, and the, the great days are still ahead. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thanks, brother. So as we bring this session to a close, this conversation today about perseverance, a couple quotes I'm reminded that are in my book. Dennis Waitley, who has written several books and is a renowned communicator, said this, the trouble with most of us is that we stop trying in trying times. The trouble with most of us is we stop trying in trying times. And Grant Taft, who was a highly successful football coach at Baylor University and then became the executive director of the American Football Coaches Association, 
said this, and this speaks to adversity. Put your face into the cold north wind. If you think about going for a walk or think about stepping outside of your house's door and all of a sudden you're hit with a cold north wind. Sometimes life is going to be lived walking into a cold north wind. I close with this poem. This poem. How do you act when the pressure is on? When the chance for victory is almost gone? When fortune star has refused to shine, when the ball is on your own five-yard line, how hard, how long will you fight the foe? That's what the world would like to know. Cowards can fight when they're out ahead. The uphill grind shows a thoroughbred. Thanks for being with us today. My encouragement to you about perseverance is simply this, keep on keeping on.